Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 71, and it is still corona season. Um, I'm flabbergasted right now. You know, I'm to the point where I don't even know where I am. I don't know what age I am anymore. Did my birthday pass again? Um, am I in the correct city? Like, where am I? What day it is? Like, what day is it? I, I, this, I know last episode I talked about, you know, don't fall into the hysteria of it all. And I still do believe to not fall into the hysteria and to take care of your mental. But this is just the uncertainty of it all, the indefinite time that we have until things get back to normal or whatever normal is anymore like what is normal what wh- how do we just get back and snap back into life as we knew it after this is all over you know there's now reports saying that this may die down um by July if not August and so i don't know what that looks like you know th- as so many people in the world we're all feeling uncertain we're feeling unsettled we are just we're needing answers and we don't have the answers to the questions that we have like exactly how did this come about why is this so rampant why can't we have enough resources available to counteract just all that has been going on um and hold on i'm seeing i don't know what happened to my freaking Anyway, some I just see a mark on my arm, and <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so that's where I'm at right now. Um, I also just think <sighs> it's just it's uncertain times, and I'm trying my best to keep a positive mindset, but at the same time, it's just a little unsettling. And I know going on social media, you know, I'm exposed to. We're all exposed to seeing different reactions to this you know some people are finding peace in it all you know finding it has a time to reset and to focus on their um goals and to be creative and to focus on what they always wanted to be in life and whatever and that's great and all and then you have grievance and sympathy for those who got laid off for those who aren't receiving a steady income anymore and who are struggling and it's just I, what where do you fall into it i'm grateful and blessed and privileged to not be in that space you know i i'm grateful that i do have a steady income that i am taken care of and god is to be praised for that but my heart does go out to everyone else who may not be in the same position as i am so all of this is just strange you know it's strange and I don't find it a desire to watch those movies again of like Bird Box and Contagion and different movies that's eerily similar to our reality right now um I love those movies prior to this exact moment that we're living in real life but to know that we're you know, dying left and right, <laughs> and there's no cause, there's no exact uh, remedy for it, it's just kind of like, let's just hope that you don't have a compromised immune system, let's just hope that uh, <laughs> you aren't exposed to the wrong person, and then boom, you're dead, like, it's really unsettling, so, you know, I'm grateful that I'm 
of course I'm I'm young and I my immune system is great but I have people in my life who aren't blessed to have that and who may not be in the same health range as me and so my it's just it's uncomfortable so like even if you're in a space where you're good you're healthy and you're taking care of yourself and you're quarantined or you're self-isolating you're self-distancing from people there are so many people out there who don't have the opportunity to have that same privilege as you. So then I I do continue to reiterate to stop hoarding the groceries, okay? Like the toilet tissue, the toiletries, Lysol, Clorox wipes, all of that is just sickening that I was recently at the grocery store and there was still no toilet tissue. There was still um, not enough paper towels. And then when I ended up getting paper towels, it was inflated to a, a two pack of paper towels that's normally $3.29 or $4.00 was $8 price. Like, what is going on? We need to, like, this capitalism in this society is just ridiculous, it's sickening. And I just, I just, uh So, although I am grateful for this time off and this break, so, you know, sort of, but it's just this uncertainty of it all is making everyone antsy. And I'm starting to feel that antsiness. Um, I do want to talk about this China virus debacle that has been talking had that has been spoken about that has been said by Donald Trump. Um here's the thing. I recently uh shared a I, IG story about my thoughts on this. I understand the political correctness that many liberals and Democrats, and I identify myself as a Democrat. I've been voting within that party since I've had the privilege of voting. But I know that, you know, we're not a monolith. I'm not in agreement with everything a Democrat says and stands by. I am an individual and I have my own independent thoughts and sometimes my thoughts may be collective, but at the end of the day, I think for myself. And this whole rhetoric of uh, China virus being this racist and derogatory statement and Donald Trump is continuing dividing minorities and people of color and all this blah 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 and I just I don't think this is important like period there we know for sure this virus began in Wuhan China that should be enough like if you want to call it China virus then okay essentially it is right it was founded it was originated it came from China so China virus it is, or Chinese virus it is. Um, then there's the reports of people saying, well, you know, a virus doesn't have an ethnicity. So saying Chinese virus is like technically or grammatically incorrect, right? There's a lot of grammatically incorrect things that we do now in society just to make people feel comfortable. Let's talk about the they's, the, 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 the he, she's, the it's, yet... Not not even all of that. Let's talk about just the days, you know, people who are non-gender um, conforming, right? People who may clearly present a specific gender, but refuse to be called that gender. And so they would rather be called a they. And 
I have a problem with that. I do. I have a problem with that because I'm a grammar nerd. Okay. They is plural. I'm, that, that doesn't make sense. Why am I calling you a plural noun when you are a singular being? And so, and maybe I should talk to someone who's non-gender conforming who could explain it. But I really don't, I don't feel like we should have to do that just because if we just go, if we're, if we want to go by grammar, if we want to go by these grammar rules, and yes, and when you really think about it, it's all made up, I guess, but whatever. If you want to grow, go by these rules and now suddenly tell me, oh, you're not a singular person, you're now a they, okay, so... All of this is to say, you know, one second we want to be changing grammatical rules and the next second we want to apply, well, a virus doesn't have ethnicity. Okay, but your singular person, you as a single individual, is now a plural? Nigga, what? I'll just call you by your name. Your name every time. I won't say a pronoun. Okay. Anyway, I just think this whole attack on every little thing Donald Trump says, you know, him saying something that may not be politically correct, him saying something that may not um, be, you know, nice and cushioned and, you know, well-rounded and polite is is tiring it doesn't help us with our goal right and if we our goal is to collectively and by the democratic goal our goal is to you know kick him out of the office is to take him down is to conquer him is to make sure he's not reelected. this focus on him saying chinese virus is not helping us it is actually harming us it is actually helping him and he will be reelected if we continue to focus on the minute things that do not matter it doesn't matter if you call it chinese virus covid19 coronavirus it's a virus period and it came from china i'm not gonna go up in arms about well what about the chinese people who may feel nigga what what about ebola that was named after a place in africa what about the West Nile virus? Another place in Africa it was named after. Um, the Spanish disease. Like, there's so many other examples of diseases and viruses. Black plague. Like, it just is what it is. Like, if we stop at every word that is being used and get butthurt about it, we're losing the greater fight. We're losing the greater good. How can we connect to the people of America and change what's happening in, in the administration of America if we're so focused on the adjective that's being used to describe this virus? Like, this is not important. Can we, can we just get the fuck on with this? Can we seriously move on? You know, instead of focusing on how can we better serve the American people, um, many Americans are struggling paycheck to paycheck, where of uh, trying to figure out how to make ends meet during this virus, right? Yet we want to focus on, oh, we called it the Chinese virus. That's racist. Like, I, I don't have time. Okay, and. Does does us pointing out how racist Donald Trump is, does that help him to get knocked down? It doesn't. We knew he was racist. 
right or we knew that he said insensitive racial remarks we knew all of this prior to him being elected. We knew of him saying locker room talk or locker room behavior, right? We knew of the assaults, the alleged assaults, the alleged allegations, well, the actual allegations set against him that showed him to be this sexual predator. We knew all of this. It doesn't matter. Like, if we, can we talk about what really matters? Niggas don't, niggas don't care if you say Chinese virus. Shit, half the time these Chinese people don't give a fuck about black people looking at us at, at you know specific way. If we want to talk about historically, Chinese people are racist. Okay? And I'm tired of black people. And obviously not every Chinese person. But let's just let's just be honest. There's it's not just white people who are racist against black people. It is every other group of people, right? We have the Indians who feel some type of way about black people. We have Hispanics. We ha- and we definitely have the Chinese and the Koreans. All all of them motherfuckers. They all look the same shit. <laughs> are we are we potting today? What's up? Are y'all hearing me or what's up? I'm not politically correct. Okay? If you haven't noticed by now, we are 71 episodes deep. Okay? I am not politically correct. And I'm just going to tell it like it is. We've been aware. If we want to just talk about historic, if we talk about California, when there were the, the riots in California, okay, in the early 90s, late 80s, Chinese people didn't give a fuck about black people, okay? Fucking, you had this Chinese clerk. And I don't know if she was exactly Chinese, but she was Asian. But you had this Asian clerk shoot and kill this black young girl just period gun range probably the first or second shot that black girl was killed in the shop of this Chinese woman okay and what was done to her she was acquitted she didn't serve any time she went back to her merry life okay and there were several of Chinese people continuing this racist act who would stand in front of their stores with their guns right who would freaking um show their racism and distrust to the black community like we let's stop i'm tired of black people taking up the fights and the struggles of other groups of people and yes what i'm referring to i'm just looking up right now is the 1992 los angeles riots okay if you just do your research on that you'll know how many motherfucking chinese people didn't give a fuck about um black people okay and it all began when rodney rodney king was brutally attacked by the police and it just started this race war it just started and erupted this uh, race war in Los Angeles. So let's, I, I'm not, and my point is, all I'm saying is, I don't want the black community to continue to take up the fight for other groups of color because they're the same groups of color, they're the same groups of color who did not take up our fight right who are not our allies who are not our representatives they don't give a fuck about us they're shooting us gun range 1992 in la huh they get acquitted and now we want to defend them and be like chinese virus is is racist 
let that let the Chinese person speak up on that and say how they feel about it. Okay, cool. You have a right to feel that way. You're Chinese. I'm not speaking up for you. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I don't care how um politically incorrect that is. I'm really tired of black people taking the plight of other people, of other people's struggles, and yet no one's taking our plight. We're fighting the good fight on our own. Fuck. Black men don't even take our... If we want to go in, go in. But let me not divide the black community. But let's just let's just keep it at that. No one else is taking up our fight. So why should we go out of our way and take up their fights? So my point is, call it whatever the fuck you want to call it. China virus, Chinese virus, COVID-19, coronavirus. At the end of the day, it is unsettling. We are at a difficult time right now, and the best we could do is take care of ourselves and each other, whether it's through distance, right, or just, fuck, independent. But at this point, we don't know, and I know I will be continuing to produce more episodes and give more content out because at this point... I bet you got time. <laughs> so, Chinese virus it is. <laughs> and another thing. Um, <laughs> this $1,000 that Trump, you know, gonna give to the American uh, citizens of the United. Like, this promise that he's making, that he's continuously saying, I think that's another way from hi- for him to get reelected. Honestly, I think it's another way to get into our good graces. And I think it might work, okay? If I see, and I'm hearing that it's not just one set of one, like it's not just one check. I'm hearing it's three or four months of $1,000. And yes, in retrospect, if you really want to talk about what $1,000 is, it's not that much, but it's a, like, it's much, it's something, right? It's something's better than nothing. And I'm really tired of people complaining about $1,000 is really $10. No, the fuck it ain't. Okay. That could help supplement any extra expenses you were running low on, right? That extra cash is now helping you to pay this bill on time to not worry about X, Y, and Z, right? That light bill that you were running low on, you now got it covered, huh? That uh, extra grocery that you wanted to get this week, you go go ahead and get that lobster. Like, let's just be grateful that we have $1,000 coming, free $1,000 coming. This would not be tax this will not be taken out in at all it will be a full thousand dollars according to what he's saying now let's let's hope and pray that it's true and it is on its way but um let's like can we just show some gratitude i would like for people to show some gratitude to really be grateful that we have this opportunity to get some money out of this freaking nightmare that we're living in real life we are living bird box i mean thank god there's no like flying creatures coming out attacking us but bitch (laughs) yet at this point the way that we're falling into this hysteria yet we'll see we'll see all i'm saying is 
Trump 2020 might be a real thing, considering how much of a struggle many Americans are enduring right now, right? And if you have a president telling us, hey, I'm going to feed your struggle. I'm going to actually support you right now by giving you cash money tax-free. Okay, that's that's looking good, right? That's the same rhetoric that Andrew Yang used to garner his support. I like what Andrew Yang was saying about him giving the American people a thousand dollars. I forgot what he said exactly. Was it monthly? Was it I think it or maybe yearly? Just an extra amount of money. That's a good cash. Some good cash. Okay, cool. I'll take it. You know, so all I'm saying is um us focusing on the wrong things, right? Instead of seeing how can we support the American people is going to help elect Trump for another four years. Mark my words, and I don't want it to happen. I'm not a Trump apologist. I'm not supporting him. I'm not, but I'm a realist and I'm going to call out the faults of the Democratic Party and I'm going to recognize how we're so quick to focus on the wrong things and not quick to focus on how can we support the people of America. It is not uncommon to say and to see the struggle that Americans are enduring. Like, it's not uncommon. Let's, so if we just speak to how can we support them, right? If Biden or Bernie proposed something that would support the American people, they will look more favorable in the eyes of America, than Trump. But right now Trump is looking favorable. I'm 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 being honest. I'm not hearing that from my peers because no one else is really saying what I'm saying. But I am hearing that same the same sentiments I'm explaining right now. I'm hearing it from some people online and I'm noticing that they're seeing what I'm seeing. They're seeing that the Democratic Party is focused on the wrong things. Okay. And Trump may have another seat set for the next four years but uh, look hope and pray but we gotta do more work and focus on the right things okay moving on so as you know you know during this time we are either quarantining ourselves social distancing and you know we may be locked up with a quarantine bay <clears throat> and i just want to say this and i'm gonna say it with the confidence that i do carry okay I am still fucking with Boston Bay. Um, look, and I at this point, I gotta be honest with myself. I gotta be honest with y'all. I gotta be honest to the American public. <laughs> no, but I gotta be honest. And I think I haven't been, not I think, I haven't been honest with myself about how I truly feel about Boston Bay. And I noticed that, like, I recognize that instead of me being honest with myself, I just ghost niggas. I ghost people. I avoid a vulnerable moment, a vulnerable conversation. And instead of confronting those conversations or sitting in those conversations and sitting in the reality of, I love this man. I do. I do. And I love who he is. And I love the time that we are spending with each other, I cannot deny myself that. Like, I cannot just sit here and be like, okay, well, fuck him. I don't want to talk to him ever again. No, I want to talk to him all the time. I want to spend time with him. And I'm not saying all the time. Like, I still like my independent space. I do like my, 
you know, time apart. I'm still fiercely independent. But when I truly enjoy somebody, enjoy, genuinely enjoy my time with them, I is I can't let that go. I think it speaks to something. And I had to sit down with myself and be like, why am I difficult? <laughs> why the fuck am I difficult? And by difficult, I mean... I I find a problem with stuff, right? I, I I have to call out something. I have to get mad at something, you know? And sometimes it may be valid, but sometimes I do make a big deal out of nothing. And I know I do that because I create these scenarios in my head. And I've always been told, like, years ago when I was a child that I overthink things, that I, you know, I... I think too much, you know, I'm doing too much. You're forcing it, right? You're forcing it, mama, you're forcing it. And as I've gotten older, I've resented when people will say that. And instead I will lean more into me forcing it because you're not going to tell me I'm forcing it. No, I'm going to be right. You're trying to, you know, demean me, right? And I'm not going to give an example. I remember, you know, one time when Boston Bay mentioned, oh, he asked me, "Uh, have you gone to the gym? Like, have you worked out yet? And I immediately took that and I ran with it. And I was angry about that. And I was like, you're trying to monitor how many times I work out. And, you know, you don't need to monitor my body. And I was going in. And as loud of a person I am, right, as much as this works for a podcast, for my podcast, I don't think that energy really works when you're in a a relationship or, or a situation with somebody. You know, like, I feel like, Instead of being so quick to argue and quick to blah, 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 hands up, you're not going to tell me who I am and how I look and how I dress. <laughs> I'm, I'm really quick to do that, y'all. And instead of doing that, I must sit, sit silently, be still, my dear, and, and understand that everything is a personal attack. And I'm very sensitive. I, I know that. And I'm very sensitive and it's not to say that my feelings don't matter. It's just to say that my feelings may not always be truth. And what I mean by that is, yes, like you may genuinely feel sad in the moment, but what you're sad about may not be the truth of of what it is. What I mean is like sometimes I will get carried away in my thoughts I will get carried away in scenarios that I will create in my head, y'all, and then be sad about that, and I would project that onto him. And so when I do that, it only hurts me because his intent was not to hurt me. His intent was not to make me feel trash. He's just asking a question. He's just saying how he just finished working out and he just naturally thought to ask me that question or his intent was to continue to motivate me to work. Like, and I talked about it with him, he talked about it with me and he was saying how his intent was to simply like continue to motivate me. Like he loves working out and it was just a natural question. He was not at all trying to control me. And that's what, that therein lies the problem. I feel like people try to control me and instead of being understanding or listening and you know, simply sitting back and shutting up, I'm finding every reason to speak up, shout out, and, you know, shut you down, you know, and get angry. And that's how I ruin relationships. That's how I kind of fault myself from being in something that's substantial. And 
Anyway, I see all that to say, I don't want to do that anymore. And I want to continue to be aware of myself and aware of how I speak to people and how I interact with people and how I think. Because it's one thing to be a certain way when you're with somebody, but it's another thing when you go home and then you go over every little thing, every little event that occurred between you and that person and you start to get angry because, oh, you should have said this or, oh, he tried to play you. Like, I would tell myself, like, oh, he's trying to play me right now. Okay, next time he talks to me, I'm going to have an attitude and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And that doesn't help anything. <laughs> Calm down, moms. And I know it's not just me out here who's tr- who struggle with that. But not everything deserves an attitude. Not everything deserves an argument. It's really not that. It's not serious at all. Never mind that serious. It's not serious, period. So, you know, <clears throat> I think it's quick for many women to, especially for me, it's quick for me to point the blame Right, but you know, as they say, when you point your finger, there's three fingers pointing right back at you. And bitch, I got five fingers, but like I have a whole hand pointed back at me because I recognize I'm the problem. It's not to say that Boston Bay doesn't have his faults, right? You know, you know, there's been a couple of times when he hasn't spoken to me with the respect that I deserve, right? And I, and mind you, he comes from a space where, you know, he's a nigga. So something as sensitive as like, don't call me a weirdo. Like, okay, weirdo. Like, so, like, something like that. Something like that would tick me off. But he's not think of it, thinking of it as I'm disrespecting you. Like, no. Like, he's never calling me a bitch. He's never calling me a slut, a hoe. Like, he never called me words like that. But no smaller words like weirdo would still tick me off because weirdo could become a bitch, right? A weirdo could become a fucking slut, motherfucking whore, <laughs> you cocksucker. It could become that. Anyway, it could become that. So I don't want to. I don't want to just be blind to my own faults anymore, <laughs> and I, I think. I need to continue to be self-aware about it all and recognize that, yeah, I need help. I need help too. I need, I need guidance. I need, uh, to be patient. I need to be kind. I'm kind, but I need to be just aware of myself and that's just it. And I, I'm saying this because, you know, obviously I've been keeping y'all posted on Boston Bay and I've, Throughout this podcast, I feel like I've said more of his faults than I have of my own. And I think recently, maybe the last few episodes, I've been a little bit more transparent about my own faults in my relationship with people and just in general. And I like I think it's time to be honest. Like it's time to be honest with myself. Instead of me being like, okay, I'm done with him again. I'm really done. Da, 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 I'm not done. I'm not done and I don't think I will ever be done. And this is literally mark my words that ass. Like mark my this is <laughs> whenever y'all listen to this episode like mark my words. I don't plan on letting Boston Bay go. I see long term with him. I do and I I see something like it's deep with us. It, it is deep and he feels and like when we and I don't want to get too much about his background cuz of course I want to respect him as an individual, but there is there's a deepness between us when we interact, when we talk and we talk and he talks to me about his life, 
he doesn't open up with niggas like that. Like he doesn't he he keeps his circle small. He keeps, you know, to himself. And it's a blessing, honestly. It's an honor to be a part of his trusted folks, right? For him to talk to me about different things. And I'm just sitting back like, wow, like we've reached a point where he feels comfortable with me and I could feel him relaxing more within me. Like, you know how you could feel someone's body and their comfort in you now? Like, I could feel his, and he's been, it's not just recently, but like more and more time that we spend together, I notice how his body rests on mine. And that's literally and figuratively. Like, I notice how much of a comfort we have established with each other and I don't want to just let that go I don't think it's smart to let that go because I think this could be something and I know and I feel and I believe that this could be something real and I don't want to get in the way of that and as I was saying earlier I let myself get in the way and I noticed that's because I am afraid of vulnerability. And I literally, y'all, I'm such a weirdo. Um, what's my phone? So I looked up, because I really do believe in this whole, you know, horoscope thing. And as you guys know, if you haven't known yet, I'm an Aquarius. And if you are someone who, <laughs> if you are aware of Aquarius, and even Pisces as well, and I'm speaking on the standpoint of, females like has women um we're not emotionally available we're not emotionally present we don't fucking like commitments you know we like to be free you know we see commitment we see relationships and marriage as a a cage right and we're a bird we want to fly we want to soar we want to be out and about and we don't see marriage as a way to still be free right and I've always voiced that I remember being younger feeling like I don't like I don't I don't know if I want to get married like I feel like it's a trap I feel like it's something that you know you don't have a voice in suddenly you have to have the same views and the same behavior patterns and just the same mantra as your husband and like I always hated that and so I think, you know, I've subconsciously have put myself at a distance from ever getting to that point of marriage. You know, I think about the just like just my career of niggas I fuck with. Okay, if we want to go back to undergrad years, I was always the other woman. Oh, are we potting, bitch? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I was always the other woman in these in these relationships that I, I found myself in in undergrad I was always fucking with niggas who had girlfriends and I I swear to y'all it was not like I was looking I'm trying to find the next man who's in a three-year relationship yes I'm not no I wasn't looking for it but I think about it in retrospect I was looking for it all right I was attracted and I could I could remember being undergrad and seeing boyfriends adoring or just in relationship I would see them with their girl and I would admire that from afar I would look at these boyfriends I'd be like oh I would love for my boyfriend to look at me like that oh I would love for my boyfriend to hold my hand and hold my waist like that I would look at them and be so enamored with how they are with their girlfriends that 
I guess subconsciously my energy attracted that and the niggas wasn't shit anyway. They were cheating anyway. So bitch, what's good? <laughs> okay, they were cheating anyway. So fuck. Let me see that. Let me feel that energy with you. That that was my mantra. Like that was my mindset, that ass. So there were several niggas who I was, you know, fucking with who were in these relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yo there was so i i could name like about six or seven damn every one of them pursued me like so don't get me wrong i was still good in the fact that i never pursued them but it just kind of worked out they they were just attracted to me and i was already attracted to them but i didn't make the first move but once they made that first move or once that ice was cracked baby <laughs> what where are we going next? <laughs> Whose dorm room are we going to next? Okay. So. so <laughs> shit. Anyway, if you go back to the Aquarius, uh, I, you know, I think it's natural. <laughs> I guess it's in the stars for me to be you know, opposed to monogamy, I guess. But I don't even want to subscribe to that too much because I do want to have that monogamy, that commitment with Boston Bay. I would like that to be something in the near future and however we work it out is how we work it out. But I do want that to be a conversation eventually. My point is I love, I watched, no, no, no. What I did was I went on Google. I am quick to go on Google and be like, how to... <laughs> what so my latest how-to was to how to be emotionally available <laughs> dead ass and there was a quote um, so it was like 11 things you need to know about loving in Aquarius I'm not gonna read all the 11 things but there was this one meme so it was this whole article and the first meme is well the first point was Aquarius has emotions that run deep as a puddle, okay? And the meme that was associated with that quote, along with like this whole paragraph explaining that point, but the meme, there was this quote in the meme that says, sometimes we love people so much that we have to be numb to it. Because if we actually felt how much we really love them, it will kill us. That is my, mo that's, that's my, that's my statement. That's my motto. That's my mission statement. That's who I am. That's it. End of tweets. Logging off. Okay. Can I, can I, let me just read it again in case you didn't hear it the first time. Sometimes we love people so much that we have to be numb to it. Okay. Because if we actually felt how much we really love them, it would kill us. Yo, remember my first heartbreak. I was in this little teenage love relationship with uh, somebody from my teenagehood. You know, those who know me know. Um, but I love this guy. Or at least that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, but there was this, I was so deep into my feelings with this man that, with this boy, we were both teenagers, that I felt like I could not breathe without him. Like, that's how, like, I felt like there was nothing else happening in the world but he and I. That this was it, this is it, and I'm, I'm, I'm invested, I'm knee deep. And I remember when 
and this is like I, I remember the feelings but I, it's not heavy on me anymore because I feel like I'm closed off emotionally but I do remember how I felt then and I remember I was at the mall with my cousin and my sister and we happened to break away and we went to our separate stores and I was walking into Old Navy this is at the South Shore Plaza Mall in ba- in Brantry, okay, in, in Massachusetts. And I was walking into Old Navy Mall, and I get a call from him. Mind you, we were together. Like, we're, like, in this relationship. And we were together for 11 months. Yes, I counted. 11 months. And didn't make it to a year, but we were together for 11 months. And I forget which month it was, but he called me. But we were already, it was like three, four months in. And I was already knee deep because I really, I loved how much he made me laugh. And I love the energy that we had. And he just get, he got me excited and he was funny. And he was just like this, his, he was just this nice, aggressive spirit that made me feel good and exciting and we will have moments on the phone when we'll call it mushy gushy time. And I don't know if he's listening to this podcast, but he'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we will have these moments where we will call it mushy gushy time. Okay. Mushy gushy time. And we would just talk about how we felt about each other and be like, you know, those memes, how <laughs> you have the guy, his foot will be up on the wall and it, you know, he's laying on his bed and he's on his phone talking to the girl. And the meme says, so we're going to name our first kid. Uh, Rosie and our second kid, you know, Jamal. Like, you know, we have two, one girl, one boy, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Anyway, so we will call our time mushy gushy time. Okay. And we'll just talk about, oh, we spent Wednesday and Tuesday together, but we haven't spent, you know, Thursday and Friday together yet. You know, when can we make that happen? Or like, <laughs> because if we didn't have cars and then we will just find time to spend with each other as best as we could and he lived in a different city than I did but it was like 20 minutes away from me anyway also in the mushigoshi time he like was telling me how how attracted he was to me and I would say the same thing for him and we'll talk about our future together like it was it was beautiful it was really beautiful and so We'll have these time and that would help me to be more emotionally invested. I was so invested in him emotionally. And so, and this was my first relationship as a teenager. So this was like my first example of something deep, something loving. And also I thought, but that was, that was loving in my experience during that time. So, um, anyway, that's just giving you some context right so going back to me walking into the old navy at the south shore plaza mall in branchy massachusetts i walked in there i got a phone call from him and he's like so i you know i don't want to be with you anymore and i'm like wait what dead ass so that, that was his first line i don't, I don't want to be with you anymore and then he says how you know he's with he found somebody else she like he likes her better this girl from his school one of his one of his classes he's 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 chosen her and i remember just standing in the old navy store y'all like i remember like it was yesterday i stood in the old navy store okay I'm like stand i'm like holding on to a rack because at this point my composure is gone what is composure 
How do you spell that anymore? Like, I don't know what composure is. That's how shaken I was. I was shaken to my core, okay? And I'm crying on the phone and I'm telling him, why? I thought you said you loved me. You said that, you know, you always wanted to be with me. So you want to marry me. Like, I was just like repeating back to him, y'all, what he would tell me, right? During our mushy gushy time, you know? And the conversation was just abrupt. He said that. I'm broken. Conversation ends. I find myself walking back to the meeting spot, you know, to, to meet up with my cousin and my sister and told them. And I just was shocked. I was at a loss. And I know this is like, I feel like, you know, some people may be listening and be like, all right, girl, you was a teenager. But here's the thing. I feel like, you know, no matter how long ago a situation was, if it had a profound impact on you emotionally, it had a profound impact on you, period. It doesn't matter how old you were when it happened. It doesn't matter how many years ago it was. You just remember how you felt. And that's something that I I would never forget, right? I would never, I'm not holding on to it. I'm not grudged on it, right? Um, I don't have any hard feelings about it. I haven't spoken to him in a while. But I, if I see him today, it ain't, what's up? It ain't nothing. But I just remember how I felt. I remember how I felt. And I remember how shaken I was. And, I, and that began, and then after that conversation, me and him had this whole on and off situation. And we finally obviously became off, period. But we had this whole on and off situation. But anyway, after that conversation happened, I kind of found myself eating. Y'all know I love food. I'm like, I'm a foodie. I'm a self-proclaimed foodie. And I found myself not being able to eat. I had no appetite. I couldn't eat a bowl of white rice. I remember one time I couldn't finish a bowl of white rice. And there was more food in, the, in my house. But I'm like, you know what? Let me just start off small with this white rice. And I couldn't finish that. And I called my cousin, one of my cousins, and I was like, I'm breaking down on the phone to her. I'm like, I can't eat. I'm crying. I couldn't eat. I was throwing up. And that's, and I'm saying all this to say, that's how deep it is for me. When I feel for somebody, when I really truly allow myself to feel for somebody, when I emotionally invested, I throw up. <laughs> that's it. I throw up when shit goes away. Like, I throw up. Okay? I can't eat anymore. Suddenly, I'm not the same. And that's the scary part about it. And I that's what scares me. And obviously, he was not just one example of that. I've had several different moments of heartbreaks. But he was my first example of that. And so, that really... Oh, one of those, one other one. But I don't want to talk about him. But he was, he was the first real example of that. Who we were mutually... And... Uh, yeah, we were mutually in a relationship. Like, we both felt the same way about each other. We both was in this thing together. And then, boop, you know? Um, the, the the moment I just said where he was in my, like, exact first, there was this one person before him who we weren't in, a man, like, a reciprocal relationship. It was totally different. I'll get to that in another episode. But my point is, you know, I know how it feels to be you know, in a puddle, in an ocean of emotions, okay? And to feel like your emotions are controlling you instead of you controlling them, right? So it's a scary feeling. It's a scary feeling to give your heart to somebody and they fuck it up and they change their mind suddenly. And, you know, and I think that's just, 
one of the lessons I've learned throughout life, and I and I talked about this before, where I had this experience with another man, um, like just a few years ago, probably two or three years ago. So this was pretty recent, and he did the same thing. He kind of just we weren't in a relationship, but I talked about him how, um, you know he we felt the same way or he showed me that he felt the same way and he suddenly changed his mind and I was just really shocked and it was hurtful but we wasn't in a relationship it felt like it was gonna get there anyway my point is I see all of those things all those experiences as lessons right of course if you see things as lessons you would hopefully learn from them and I see it as as scary as it is to truly open up to somebody to give your heart to somebody, to be vulnerable and to be emotional, as scary as that is, you must continue. You know, we can't we can't build a Fort Knox around our hearts forever and ever. You know, we can't determine if and when someone will betray us, you know, and violate our trust and our feelings. We can't look out for that. It's just one of those things where it's a risk and that's just what it is like that's what love is that's what relationships and marriages are like it's it's a risk people could wake up and change their mind right you could wake up and change your mind about somebody right and be that heartbreak for somebody else now of course communication is key you know people always say communication is key communicate with your partner and blah 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 but people evolved and People change their mind. People are exposed to different things and suddenly those things will interfere with your relationship, with your present relationship. And now your feelings that you thought were set in stone are not. And that's what scares me about it. And I'm still afraid of marriage and, uh, you know, that full commitment because, you know, you take vows with somebody and then they suddenly change their mind 20 years later or 10 years later or nine years. Like what, you know, what is it that you could fully rest on. You know, what is it that you could fully be rest assured that this person or you won't change your mind? And there is there isn't there isn't a a, a, a foolproof, a risk free marriage, a risk free relationship. And it's a risk that you have to decide. I have to decide when I'm willing to take it. And, you know, heartbreak is a part of life. Heartbreak is a part of life. And not to sound pessimistic I'm really not but I think it's important for us to not it's important for me you know to not live out of fear you know I don't want to go through relationships out of fear and keep things at a distance because I'm afraid of getting hurt right I think that's immature I think it's holding me back from what could be what I know will be what I feel would be something special and so instead of holding myself hostage, I'm letting myself free. And this goes into the whole cage bird. I'm caging myself from feeling the freedom of being present, being emotionally present, being emotionally available. And, you know, who knows? I don't know the future. I don't know. But I also feel like I do know, in a sense, like, I think we all have, especially women, we have our intuition, we have our way of knowing 
what what's happening you know what's true what could be right we have a feeling we have our intuition we have our guides however you want to look at it um so i why get in the way with that that's all i'm saying like why get in the way of that why put yourself at a disadvantage when you could just be and see what happens you know uh, and i say all this to also say every heartbreak you go through every heartbreak that i've went through I'm still here. You know, I've survived. I, you know, I haven't developed a drug habit. I haven't, you know, sold my body. Like, I haven't done anything that has totally erased my integrity, erased who I am, and just because I've been hurt. No, like, you go through your sad, grieving phase. You go through it, and then you know what? You move on. Life goes on. Seriously, life goes on. You, you get your heart broke, broken, you know, somebody die, a lost loved one. You cry, you grieve, and what happens? Life goes on. You move on, and that's just a part of the life that we live in. So, look, <laughs> I'm saying all this to say, Boston Bay is just present. It's just in my life, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, and I hope you guys can understand. I'm not here to like explain myself, whatever. But I do appreciate everyone who has been listening about our journey for a while, and I hope what I'm saying sounds clear, and I hope it can make sense, especially considering how I've, you know, kind of talked about him before. I think it's been unfair of me to not show myself as at least one of the reasons for our miscommunications, right? And I think, I do think it's something to, what was I going to say? I do think it's something to be with someone who always seeks for you, right? He has never not sought for me. He has never not reached out and been the one to bring things back together after I have yet again disappeared. And he mentioned that. He said how I always disappear, right? And I would always get the, and I'm quick, I'm quick with the rebuttal sometimes. I'm never quick to sit in that and reflect sometimes, sometimes, but he said that, you know, I'm, I, I I get emotional and I disappear. And I know you disappear. You haven't, I haven't talked to you. And, you know, there was one month where it was like five weeks and we haven't spoken or whatever. But um, I said that back to him and I had to sit back and realize I do disappear. I do. I do get angry. I get all hot and bothered. I'm like, all right, I don't talk anymore. I'm done. I'm done. And I won't hit him up. And <laughs> it'll be a month or two that goes by and we haven't spoken because I initiated the non-talking situation. I initiated it. And of course, he's going to feed into that initially, but then eventually he gets back, you know, eventually I remember, oh yeah, I really do like this guy. And I'm finally admitting I love him. And we actually recently started saying I love you to each other. And that's, ooh, Lord. And I realized that I do believe that I'm the person who needs, not needs to, essentially, because I don't think he's incapable of being emotional. 
he has and he has shown me that time and time again um but as far as between us we match each other so much because if we want to get back to the horoscope so like i said i'm an aquarius he's a pisces okay his birthday is the same month same day as my mom's actually which is funny um but yeah we're two weeks apart in the month of february okay and so i know about pisces they're not uh, emotionally available as well either right there so like some of them like here's the thing has emotional as they can be because i i've seen him emotional he you know would show his anger or show his whether it's not with me all the time he doesn't get angry with me but like he'll talk to me about times when he's gotten angry with other people and you know when he has gotten into situations and altercations and all that so I know there's a side to him. And even when he talks to me sometimes, like when we will get into our, you know, arguments that I would start, I would start and I recognize that he'll get all caught up. All right, you'll never hear from me again. I'm done, blah, blah, blah. Like he'll say that too, you know, but he'll say that in response of me. But all I'm saying is um, with Pisces, they don't, they're afraid of commitment as well. They're afraid of being hurt. They're, and I, I think that's obviously, you, someone could be saying, oh, well, that's everybody. There's a difference though. I feel like there's like with cancer, for example, they're more open with their emotions. They're more loving. You know, I have a cancer cousin who is very loving and very like give, you know, give her shirt off her back, you know, but there's Pisces nigga. <laughs> He's loving, but he'll show his love in different ways, right? Like, he won't be quick to show it in his words, right? So, like, even when he does the little things of saying, I miss you, you know, or he'll compliment me physically, um, I knew he wouldn't be the one to, at least not with my push, at least, he wouldn't be the one to say I love you. So, I said it first. I did say it first. And he said it back. <laughs> and I know he's not someone who doesn't mean what he says. You know, he's a very, he's a man of his word. He's very, uh, he, his integrity means a lot. And it's just, y'all, anyway, I remember, so I don't know if you guys listen to Janae Aiko or Aiko, however, however you say her last name, but she has this album that just recently re was released. And one of the songs is with Big Sean. And if you know he, her and Big Sean used to be together and we see them as this on and off couple and it was never really clear on why they broke up but now it seems like they're back together he's on her record and the record is talking about like it's nobody's concern that they're back together that they're fucking around or sometimes they change their mind and blah 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 and I, I'm saying I'm mentioning this because I'm not saying it's nobody's concern, because obviously I've made it y'all concerned, so I totally get, and I receive questions, I receive, you know, people's inquiry, I'm not opposed to that, so continue to engage with me about Boston Bay, that's totally fine, I like it, it's fine, I open the door, and I'm not angry about it, but I do want to mention that song, because I think sometimes we, like, no, we'll get so caught up with, oh, well, what I said on my podcast, the last time I spoke, I spoke to y'all about him, I said, I was done, you know, and I've said this several times and time again, and I feel like I owe it to my audience to stay done, right, instead of actually following 
what I feel and what I believe to be true and what I see is present between us. Let me just follow what I've said to my audience because I don't want to embarrass or look crazy in front of my audience. No, like I think ultimately we have our own particular lives to live. We have our own heart to follow. We have our own mind to listen to. And I encourage everyone to just be that, you know, to do that, to be themselves and to not allow of what the appearance may look like to people. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was what I wanted to kind of get off my chest. Um, to end us off, I didn't realize how much time has went by. Hey, um, to end us off though, I (laughs) please tell me y'all watched a show called cherish the day on own TV. Um, I'm, (laughs) and I know typically, there's this sentiment of I'm rooting for everything black, right? I'm rooting for black love. I'm rooting for black artists, black blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let me just give some context. So Cherish Today is a new show that's on the Oprah Winfrey Network called OWN, okay? This show is produced, written by uh, Ava DuVernay, okay? You have a man and a woman who are in this relationship who develop a relationship with each other romantic relationship with each other and they realize that they come from completely different upbringings okay the man is come he comes from an affluent background he's mature he is well off he's established he's not snooty he's not snooty he seems to be very what is it emotionally present but he's, he got his shit together. He got his, he has a nice home, nice car. He got money. Like, he has his shit together, okay? And he's doing well for himself, okay? The woman on this hand, she's not. Like, she's more of a free bird, but she's struggling financially. And she come from a rough background, impoverished background, her mother, she has a tumultuous relationship with her mom. Her father's not in her life. He recently passed and she was raised by these uncles in the neighborhood. And like, she comes from a different background, okay? And so they ended up falling in love with each other. And they're, throughout their relationship, you see the differences of their background play a significant role in how they interact with each other, okay? You have the woman, because she came from this impoverished background, she's defensive, she's ghetto. The bitch is ghetto, okay? Her name is Gently, by the way. Her character's name is Gently. She's ghetto as fuck. And her ghetto nature gets in the way of the man, his name is Evan, It gets in the way of Evan's love for her, right? It gets in the way of him actually being able to love her freely. And she's always feeling like he's all about showy stuff, all about, like, you know, money or privilege and all this stuff. And it just seems that she is still insecure and she hasn't, she hasn't really accepted her past for what it is instead of moving forward and moving on and doing greater and better things in her life she's being defensive and she's being angry and she's just she's just not a nice person 
And I'm not rooting for their black love. I don't. And I think it's okay for us to say that, you know, not every black relationship needs to be rooted for. <laughs> and I'm not saying this like off of the heels of what I just shared recently about me and Boston Bay. Please root for us. But no, like when you have people come from different backgrounds, I think there's a reason to that. Like maybe you shouldn't be with someone who is, you know, just a little different, a little too different. And it's one thing to come from, you have some differences in your life, but it's another thing when that those differences are getting in the way of the present relationship that we're developing with each other. You know, they're like, she's so defensive and she's so angry and she's so mad and she takes no accountability and she wants to be this, like this raw, raw independent person and, she feels like he's stifling her and wants her to be this housewife. And that's not the case. He's He just wants her to be present, like emotionally present. And she gets so angry. And I don't know. Y'all have to watch it. I hope I'm explaining it as best as I could right now. I'm trying to wrap it up. But I'm just ending it off with this because I get so annoyed with this show. And I just can't understand why we can't. Like, I feel like I don't see, and I, I don't watch This Is Us. I know there's a black couple in that show, too. I don't know their love story. But this is the second love story I've seen on OWN. And I see just this toxic relationship between two black people. You know, the first one, first example I've seen was in the show called Love Is, which doesn't come on anymore. It was a great show. The writing was amazing. The Even though they had a toxic situation, it was just very interesting. And, you know, you have the show Love Is. You have the man who was pretty dishonest initially about him having a child and him his financial circumstances but he was honest late like he was late in his honesty with this girl with the main character with the female character and that like it felt like it trapped her in a way to still be with him and to still make it work and that was just another example of someone who comes from a different background so much so that it interferes with the present day of the relationship and you have this show of cherish the day another example of that i'm just tired of seeing black toxic love stories on tv like i i don't what like i just want both people to be happy <laughs> like i want both people to you know come from the same background or even if they don't come the same back even if they don't come from the same background I want them to like you know know how to interact with each other know how to be communicative know how to fucking love each other and I'm just I'm just really tired of seeing these toxic relationships on tv that shows black men and black women unable to truly love each other without any toxicity mm -hmm. um I haven't seen that and maybe I'm just not thinking of any right now but I don't see examples of that in our white counterparts right I don't see examples of that in I'm just gonna say white I don't want to say Hispanic because I have seen examples of that of Hispanic couples but I'm just like it's just tiring like I'm not rooting for everything black Fuck, this couple is, I'm not ruined for Evan and Gently. I'm not. And I want them to fall apart. The last episode's coming on um, shortly. 
And I'm waiting to see Evan stand up against this bitch because she's a bitch. And it's not often, well, maybe it's often, but sometimes you got to call some black women for what they are. Fuck. (laughs) Some angry ass bitches. (laughs) Just angry. And maybe I am sometimes. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. But bitch, if I am, I could call you out for being one too. Fuck. Anyway, please check out that show. I want to hear what y'all think about Cherish the Day. Like I said, it's called Cherish the Day. It's on the network called OWN. Okay, and tell me what you think about Evan and Gently. I don't like Gently. She is not deserving of Evan. He is a good man. She's complaining about him, and he's making seven fucking figures, and he loves her down, you know, and he's not a snooty person. He's He doesn't care about uh, looking a certain part. He doesn't care about, like, his mother, for example, his mother was totally disapproving of his relationship with Gently because she came from a different tracks, like I said, and she's not, you know, well to do. And yet he defended her down to his mom and said, you don't know her. She loves me and she's kind and she's gentle and she's warm. And I don't know where he got gentle from, but he defended her. Let's just say that. Okay. He wasn't talking shit about her. He wasn't allowing anyone else to talk shit about her. Instead, he leaned into his feelings for her so much so that it caused a little conflict between he and his family. And I think at some point you got to consider the differences. You got to consider what your parents say about somebody. And I know ultimately you live your own life and you sleep in the same bed as your partner. And so you get like you should be the one to decide, you know, whether you want to continue with this person. But bitch, can I tell you, and this, this is a spoiler. I'm going to give you a spoiler real quick. So there was this scene when he prepared this beautiful proposal for Gently, okay? He's telling people around her, you know, kind of setting her up because he's taking her out of town for the weekend. And then she ends up finding out that, like, she was snooping through his things and because she had a hunch that he was going to propose to her. So she snoops through his things and she finds the ring. He finally gets, and she doesn't confront him about it, but eventually he gets to, it's in the next scene, he gets to propose to her, okay? And she says yes, because one, he does it in a public setting, so she probably said yes because she didn't want to embarrass him, okay? But the next scene comes in and she's like, look, about that, um... I'm not ready. I don't want to do this. And she gives the ring back to him. And it becomes this whole moment where he's broken, y'all. Broke. And I'm broken for him. Like, this bitch. Like, and I'm not, look, I don't condone hitting women. But at that point, bitch, I would have been okay with him slapping the shit out of her. The fuck you mean? Never mind. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Never mind, bitch. Never mind. This hand up your face. You don't embarrass me like that. You say yes one second and now we're together. You want to say no? Oh, you could find your way back home yourself. I know I took you out, out of town. You could find your way back home. It became this whole awkward moment. She says no. like she, So she recanted <laughs> her, her yes. And they're walking. Not walking. They're driving back home. It was a, just a quiet car ride. Just mad uncomfortable. Eventually... 
she realizes that her fear of love and her openness and her willingness to be in a relationship, you know, got in the way of her accepting him, accepting him to love her and all this stuff. And he took her back. And I sigh with that because he's just a punk ass nigga. Fuck. I would have not. I think God did a good thing for not making me a man because at some point I'm gonna get angry and smack somebody because <laughs> I'm gonna smack a bitch like anyway I, please check out that show and tell me what you think because I've been on Twitter talking to people just strangers just talking like hashtag cherish the day gently does not deserve Evan hashtag cherish the day making sure everyone who watches that show who's hashtagging gets to see my comments because I really want to engage more with people about this show because it's just so disturbing to me how much of a bitch she is she doesn't take accountability. She's so angry. She's so disturbed. And she just needs help. And she never... Oh, my gosh. Anyway, season finale is coming up. And I'm about to watch that in a bit. But let's just... Please, let's let's engage in discourse about this show. Cherish the day. All right? So I'm going to end it here. There was more I wanted to talk about. But, you know, I got, I got carried away. But that's okay. Um, I'm going to end it here. Y'all be safe. It is China virus. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm not politically correct. We know this. Hello. And I'm not stopping. Boom. All right. I'm going to head out right now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please continue to like, share, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Share with a friend. Word of mouth. And also, please be sure to follow God Built This Pod on Instagram. Peace. I'll check in with y'all next time.